Welcome to episode 44 of the Ask Chief Show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing how to address overall tightness, what to do for muscle imbalances, and how to know if you're overtraining. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. All right, Achievers, what's going on? It's episode 44. We just had a nice weekend, right? We did. Well, it's been a beautiful last few weeks or days, I guess. I days. Know. It feels like weeks, though, because it's been so long without uh, sunshine. But yeah. <laughs> we've had a good stretch here. So Boston's been beautiful weather, and we had um, on Saturday after, so we worked from 8 to 2, and then we went and did a little shopping. A little shopping around Newberry Street. Yeah. A nice little, um, just our, the main strip of just shopping. In Boston. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you weren't really going anywhere with that suit. Um, yeah, so that was fun. Jason got a new suit. Yep. Um, and then Sunday was all about football, which is typically from spring to fall is every Sunday. Yeah, every Sunday. And, I mean, for you, you also play football in the fall as well. So it's three quarters of the year is dedicated towards football on Sundays. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not playing this year. Well, not unfortunately. Fortunately, I'm not playing because <laughs> I'm pregnant and that's exciting. But also, football is my favorite thing in the world uh, to play. And it's been hard to watch, yeah, <laughs> to be I, on the sidelines. I, I think you said it's been easy to not drink. It's been easy to not have sushi and oysters and <laughs> all that stuff that you love to eat or you know certain types of cheeses. But football, you're, you're definitely... A little bit ups- uh, upset. <laughs> it was the first time, yeah, like every night out that everybody's drinking, I'm like, I'm totally fine. I haven't had one single moment of being like, oh, woe is me, like, I can't do these things until the first football game of the season where I was just like, I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> I just really want to play. Everyone's having fun, scoring touchdowns, <laughs> and Lauren's like, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, so at least you guys let me warm up with you still, so I still throw the football around in the Gotta keep those hands fresh. Pre-game, you know? yeah, yeah. So, and then, I mean, so my due date is October 4th. My I play in a competitive um, women's league. It's all women, full contact flag football. So it's everything but tackle. Yeah, so um, there's line, there's a line, there's um, contact at the line in terms of like bump and run coverage. And uh, was it eight on eight? It's eight on eight. Eight, eight yeah. on eight, yeah. Um, so that league starts in September, but goes till the end of November, so I'm kind of thinking, as long as the baby comes on time, I should be able to make it back for playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the goal. Yeah, I think it's it's it would be about seven weeks out, right? Yeah. Potentially. Yeah, so, totally doable. As long as you don't go too late, I think there's a pretty strong chance. Yeah, so fingers crossed the baby <laughs> yeah. comes on time. All right, cool. So we have some really great questions for you today. Um, we were going to start with one about um, just overall tightness. So we got an email um, from Jolene, and she said, Hi, I'm not sure if you can help me with this, but I'm looking for some assistance with an incredibly tight client. Everything. Hamstrings, very trap dominant, and very tight shoulders. Any suggestions, please? Yeah, so we, you know, we've had a number of these um, sort of individuals pop up um, over time. A lot of them have similar jobs, like they're usually like tech people or engineers that sit down quite a bit in front of a computer screen. Um, When this is the case, I think um, probably the worst thing you can do is start aggressively stretching them. Um, I think uh, that their muscles are in a position where they're truly short. 
Um, and by really cranking on the musculature, uh, a lot of times their body tends to freeze up even more. They're like, whoa, what's happening? I'm not prepared for this. Um, and I'm going to try to tighten up as a defense mechanism to counteract it. So for these individuals, we actually like to kind of go the opposite route and really go slowly and go with, let's say, let's say we're doing a hamstring stretch. Um, we wouldn't go to an eight or nine or 10 intensity. We'd go at maybe a five or a six and try to hold it for a little bit longer period of time, make sure that they can breathe and comfortably get into the stretch, um, things like that where we're really not cranking into it because it's, it's like your initial thought is like, okay, let's try to get rid of all these tightnesses and you really get after it. But I think the body is like, well, wait a minute, we've taken a long time to, to develop these tightnesses. It's gonna take a bit of time to also counteract them. Yeah, so I mean, one of the main things that we start with is breathing yeah. um, because that's that's something that causes breathing improperly can cause so much tension and like overall total body tension totally. um, if you're not breathing properly and that tension can lead to like tight muscles or what seem like tight muscles. Um, so the first thing we have people do when we assess them is watch them breathe um, and we just see like is their breath all up in their shoulders and is does their neck get tense as they take a breath in and if we see that pattern we know that that's prob that's what they're doing on a daily basis and that that breathing is going to be really contributing to a lot of that especially like when she said trap dominant like that makes me think right away if, like upper trap dominant yeah, that they're totally. probably breathing heavy in their shoulders so first thing is getting them into a very like non um uh what? Threatening. Th threatening. Thank you. That is the word I was looking for. <laughs> Non-threatening position. Um, so usually like on their back with their knees up, something like that, um, where they feel very safe and comfortable and then ask them to try to breathe and try to fill their bellies with air first. So they kind of initiate that breath a little bit lower than they're used to. And then the breath rises into their chest as they breathe in. And just doing that alone, we've seen people actually quote unquote, gain more flexibility. Yeah. And it's not that their muscles got longer because they weren't stretching them, but they actually were able to help their body to just relax overall. And that helped them to be able to access more ranges of motion. Yeah. I mean, when you breathe like through your chest and your shoulders and your neck and your face kind of gets um, tight, your, ba your brain basically perceives that there's something going on and there's like a low level amount of like fight or flight kind of mechanism that kicks on and everything just tenses up slightly. And if you do that, you know, thousands of times a day, weeks in and weeks out, years in and years out, eventually that just kind of becomes the norm. So breathing helps to just kind of downregulate everything. Um, and over time, hopefully a lot of these uh, muscles start to get loose um, over, over time. Um, some other things that we like to do are rocking on all fours. Um, a lot of this stuff is kind of like um, learned from what, what um, an organization called Original Strength. Um, there's a book out there. I think it's called Original Strength, is, right? Yeah. Um, that has a lot of these moves that have built upon patterns that babies naturally do as they grow up without anyone ever actually teaching them to do it. So babies learn to control their heads they learn to rock back and forth. They learn to crawl. And they do all these things without ever, like, tensing up. They just look so effortless. Their mobility is so, like, it's just so easy for them to move in and out of places. And they're breathing so naturally through their stomachs. If you ever see a baby just 
breathe on its back. It's just kind of peacefully going up and down in its belly and not stressing out in their upper back and shoulders. So if you're looking, um, if you uh, want some more education on this front, definitely check out the book Original Strength uh, by Tim Anderson and Jeff Newbert. Um, That's a really good resource to go with. Um, But yeah, breathing, um, doing rocking on all fours and we do some crawling variations um, along with just very low intensity stretching for um, longer duration holds um, is usually a good way to go. Yeah. And with those longer duration stretches, you can try to increase it over time. So like start because what what will originally feel like a seven, if you dial it back to a five, then over time you breathe, you relax, you'll actually be able to get to what felt like a seven before and still have it feel like a five, if True. that makes sense. So it's kind of like, and even um, Pavel has a book, Relax Into Stretch, is that mm, Pavel's yeah. book? Um, where it talks about like, you just have to stretch for a long time if you actually want to make some real changes and you have to be able to relax into that stretch. And in order to do that, it takes like at least a minute or something like that to actually, for your body to actually relax and allow you to access that new range of motion Mm -hmm. if you're forcing it you're really not going to see much of a change you might feel a big stretch but you're actually not going to see a big change over time yeah and actually the last piece of all this is just strength training through higher ranges of motion so you know if someone really tight is starting off with us and we're trying to get them to squat um, we might start them off on squatting to a box of some sort so let's say it's a 12 inch box and they can't squat down that low quite yet. So what we need to do is uh, raise that box height a little bit by putting a couple of Eric's pads on it or a couple of bumper plates just to raise that elevation a little bit. And then over time, over the course of the next two, three, four months or so, we start to lower that elevation more and more. And eventually they're getting more um, mobility throughout that uh, those ranges of motion. So strength training can also be, um, as long as you push it very slowly and conservatively over time can be also a good um, flexibility improver. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right. Question number two. This one comes from Kay Hergott on Instagram. Um, (laughs) She said, afternoon achieve. I have a question for your podcast. Muscle imbalances. My My left quad is quite larger than my right. Is there a way to correct this? A little background on my knees. My right knee has been sprained a few times in the past. I do experience knee pain in the right knee when I do certain squats, um, in parentheses, deep or overhead, front lunges, and sometimes on the leg press. Left knee, dislocated patella, resulting in surgery. They place a screw in to hold together the tendons. No knee pain, just really tight hip. Thanks for the value you provide. Kristen. All right. So uh, muscle imbalances. um, If you have muscle imbalances, definitely do not be too concerned or too alarmed about it. Um, Everyone presents with them. We have them. um, And it's just a matter of making sure that that imbalance isn't too big. But we naturally have imbalances. We naturally prefer one side over the other. And these are things that are just um, pretty common. So don't expect to be perfectly symmetrical in every single way. Um, In terms of muscle size, so it seems like um, she had some sort of injury or some sort of like knee. Two injuries to both knees. To so both knees, okay. the right knee has been sprained a few times and she still has some right knee pain. Okay. The left knee has been dislocated and she had surgery, but she actually doesn't have pain in the left side. Okay. So <laughs> when, and she mentioned deep squatting, overhead squatting and deeper um, lunge lunges. variations. Yeah. So more than likely what's happening is when she's performing these sort of what, what are typically known as quad exercises, what might be happening is she might be 
trying to go away from the pain. So she might be shifting more to her left side, where her left side might take over the, the majority of the force and the load. Or maybe she's squatting in such a way where she's keeping her right knee back a little bit. And instead of stressing her quads, she's more transferring that force to her hips, her lower back, and her hamstring, and her glutes. Um, so I, this is one of the few cases where I'd, I would actually recommend really focusing on isolation-based exercises, actually. So if you had, let's say, a leg press, or not a leg press, a leg extension machine at your gym to actually go down and sit on the leg press, uh, leg extension machine, and really slowly working your right side in particular in a very slow, controlled fashion, and really getting that muscle-mind connection of really feeling your quad actually engage and work. Um, Because what could potentially be happening is that other muscles have kind of like naturally tried to take over because if you if you initially had worked that quad too much your knees would have gotten worse kind of thing Um, so i think that could work i think also um, squatting to lower ranges of motion so it seems like you can achieve deep squats but right now maybe squatting down to a box that gets you to about parallel and not worrying too much about weight and progressive overload, but more going for slow time under tension where you look at yourself in front of a mirror, make sure you're not shifting to one side, make sure you're not shifting too far back and to take the stress away from your quads or potentially your knees, but really slowly going through that ranges of motion and getting a lot of time under tension and really trying to feel a quad burn actually, just so you get, um, just get that feeling of hypertrophy in your legs. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, I think based on reading that again, like it seems like that's exactly what's happening is that because she's, her right knee is causing her pain. She's just favoring her left side. Yeah. And and especially in all of those kind of like bilateral movements too. Mm -hmm. Um, so probably doing squats, but putting most of her weight on that left side is going to, of course, just strengthen the left side a lot more. Exactly. Um, And we've seen this, um, like when people tear their Achilles, they'll, they'll naturally, let's say someone tore their left Achilles, they're going to want to favor that right side a little bit more. And we will actually see, I think your, your dad actually has this where his one side calf where his Achilles was affected is much smaller than the right side. And so we'll actually program in isolation based exercises like slow calf raises, um, single leg calf raises, um, things that really try to um, regain that sort of confidence in that calf so that your brain is like, okay, I can reuse this in my patterning and I don't have to favor that one side quite as much and develop more and more of an imbalance. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. And then question number three, this one comes from Tara Gentili, who actually just had us on her podcast. Yeah. Her podcast Um, is fantastic, by the way. It's awesome. We've been listening to it and I think our episode will come out in June, she said. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've, we've been interviewed for it, but it hasn't come out yet. Yeah, It's geared towards um, small business owners and it's called uh, What Works. Yeah. What Works. Um, It's an awesome podcast. So definitely go check that out. And um, her question was, I've got a question for the pod. (laughs) What (laughs) What are the signs of overtraining? I love working out and I don't think I'm overtraining but I'd like to avoid forming bad habits and routines if I can. Um, so it's a great question. Yeah. Um, so overtraining is something I think overtraining got talked about a lot when we were like first coming into the industry. So maybe like 10, 11 years ago, everyone was like really freaking out about overtraining mm-hmm. um, and then kind of realized that it's actually hard to overtrain. <laughs> yeah. It became more of it's less about overtraining and more about under recovering. Yeah. And so, you know, we like to look to maximizing 
how well you're sleeping, maximizing your stress management, uh, maximizing your hydration levels, all these other things that really play a factor into your overall fitness um, kind of regimen um, that could potentially disrupt your training. But, you know, it's really difficult to actually overtrain your body. Your body is really resilient and can handle quite a lot of volume as long as you're treating it right by fueling properly with nutrition and sleeping well and managing your stress well and things like that. Yeah, I mean, we have watched documentaries on like the high-level CrossFit athletes who Mm -hmm. they train two, three, four, five sessions a day. No (laughs) joke. Like they're training every day, multiple times a day, but they're also, I mean, they're taking, this is their job. They're using their, this is their career. So they're taking care of their body in every way possible outside of those training sessions. So even still, they might have two, two hour training sessions in a day. So they might be working out four hours a day, but the rest of their day is dedicated to soft tissue work, to sleeping, to eating properly, to Mm -hmm. massage, to acupuncture, meditation. Like they're doing it all in terms of recovery so that they can go back the next day and train again. Um, if you don't have access to all that stuff, which most people don't because most people's lives aren't dedicated to being (laughs) a a fitness athlete, um, then you probably can't train that much and that's fine. And, and you shouldn't really need to train that much to reach your kind of general fitness goals. Um, but we don't think that, that working out every single day is a bad thing. And I think we used to tell people it was like, mm-hmm. you don't need, you don't want to work out every day. It's, it's too much and you'll never, you'll never make progress cause you'll always be sore and all this stuff. But mm-hmm. it's really about what you do to recover from it and also how you're training. So for us, for example, like we only lift weights three to four times a week. Um, but we like to still be active on the days that we're not lifting. Right. And that could be, some people might consider that a workout. Some people might consider that an active recovery, but anything from like going for a jog with diesel or playing football in the backyard, mm-hmm. things like that. Like we count that as, as exercise as mm-hmm. you should. Um, but it doesn't contribute to an overtraining effect because it's not stressing our bodies so much and that we can't recover from it. Yeah. Um, you know, if someone is pretty pretty um pretty substantially pushing their strength training where they're really trying to increase weights and they're lifting pretty um pretty consistently at about four times a week um it would be wise to go on a sort of three weeks on fourth week a deload where they sort of take down their volume a little bit so let's say they're doing three sets or four sets of squats throughout their training regimen that fourth week they could drop it down to two or three sets and then start back up again um, the week after that so just lowering the volume down just a little bit can help um, mitigate any sort of long-term overtraining effect yes yeah yeah so when you're looking at your own training i would say it really is very um it like it very much depends on how you're feeling and it's hard to compare yourself to like your general routine might be overtraining for somebody who doesn't sleep, who has an extremely stressful job, who doesn't eat well. They probably can't handle the volume that you can handle if you are sleeping well, managing your stress well, um, eating well. So it really has to be, um, you kind of have to be introspective with it and really continue to ask yourself how you're feeling. If you're feeling worn down, if you keep waking up and if you're dreading workouts, um, those are, those are signs of overtraining. Yeah. But if you're feeling energized and you're excited to work out, absolutely go ahead and do it. I wouldn't hold yourself back because you're worried about overtraining. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Sounds good. Cool. All right. Well, those are the three questions that we had for you today. 
So thank you so much for submitting all of your questions. I think that's all the information we have for you. We would love it if you would submit more. So if you can reach out to us at Achieve Fitness Boston on Instagram, or you can email us at podcast at AchieveFitnessBoston.com. Either way, we would love to hear your questions. And we would also love it if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot. And until next time, peace, love, and muscles. muscles.